0: I'm doing a presentation for all the unbelievers um, to make a case for Christ. It's a biblical way of showing you that what what God has says in, in the Bible is true. And what's happening around the world uh, as we speak is all been prophesied, all been told, uh, and nothing is uh, new under the sun. So everything that you ever wanted to know, As to why things are the way they are. The Bible explains it all. So I'm going to be showing you. um, A presentation of what. God says. And I can show you examples of. What's happening in the world. To relate to what God has already said. And hopefully by the end of this presentation. You will see that. Perhaps I need to look into more. About who Jesus is. And what the Bible says. And through hearing. uh, You will have faith. So we will we'll start this presentation of what is God really offering us. So it says that God loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So this is the famous verse, uh, John three sixteen, and that's what our hope is. That so in our faith, uh, we not only are protected from the evil things in the world, and He's t- snatching us out of the world and into His kingdom. But then he also grants us an everlasting life, something that the CEOs of all the major corporations are still seeking to figure out how they can live a longer immortal life by changing genetic information and doing all kinds of experimentation that's even happening on people right now with the fact shots. Uh, So the introduction to the Bible, it makes up about 66 books from Genesis to Revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, It was written uh, roughly from the time of Moses, 1,600 years before Christ was born, to approximately around 70 years after Christ's death and resurrection. And different people and prophets chosen by God uh, wrote each of the different parts of the Bible, different chapters, to reveal not only history of what's happened from the time that God created the universe, Adam and Eve, and all the way till the book of Revelation that's still yet to happen. Um, And throughout the whole Bible it shows God's character of what man did and what God did in response. And what he asked of uh, his people to do to uh, become holy because he is holy. So he chosen the Israelites, a group of people, that he says, if you worship me, I will be your God and you will be my people. And they accepted that covenant. So that's where the Old Testament comes from is the history of the Israelites who accepted the covenant with God that they would follow his ways and they will worship him and in return God will provide for them and take care of them Um, but of course throughout the Bible they all sinned they all committed uh, different acts like murder adultery sinning against uh, God with other gods so that is like throughout the whole Bible it tells the story of even uh, when God was with them the Israelites were still sinning and he scattered them throughout the whole world uh, because of their sins and ultimately the plan of redemption is through Christ where uh, with his death on the cross he took it upon himself with all the sins of the world and for those who have faith will escape the wrath of God and be united with God through Jesus Christ as a redemption for all our sins. So the other thing I wanted to note was that the Gregorian calendar points uh, itself to Christ. So before the tares and the has changed B.C. to mean before Common Era and A.D. to mean after Common Era. Or after, but really what it was originally was B.C. was before Christ's death and A.D. meant after death. And the Jewish calendar to date is around 5,783 years, and we're coming very close to the end of history and towards um, getting towards the end of the Bible into the Book of Revelation than we are in the middle or at the beginning. So all of the book really is uh, is a compelling historical facts and prophecies that leads us to know like what's to come and what the our hope is is through Jesus Christ. So the Thing is, that everything points to Christ, whether you believe in God or your own version of God, or you you know, you you think the Bible is just a bunch of stories, it doesn't matter what your beliefs are, everything in the entire universe points to Christ, and the Bible just describes how that is. So, and now that after death, all things are now pointing to his second coming. So, up until uh, his death, everything in the Old Testament pointed to. uh, birth of Christ, after he died and resurrected, is now pointing to the second coming. And when I say not only the Bible, but reality itself is pointing to the second coming of Christ. So when you watch movies, you listen to uh, music, and anything in print media, the propaganda, all of it, every single part of it, is rejection of Christ and trying to move you away into Satan's kingdom and away from Christ's kingdom. But they all recognize that Christ is God, and is going to be coming back someday to judge the world. So all those themes, if you break it down, if you understood the Bible to begin with, you'll be visually be able to understand it when you watch a movie, when you listen to a song, when you look at a magazine, and when you hear the news, the propaganda, you will see it all. So it will open your eyes to what the reality is really doing. And once the first time God flooded the earth, uh, in the days of Noah because the earth was so corrupt and violent and and really uh, the reason why the flood the earth and, and killed all life except for Noah and his family is because at that time the uh, the DNA of all life was corrupted and that was through because uh, there's a whole story in Genesis about fallen angels seeking um, to marry women and desired women to have families and sex. With them, so they once they did that, they broke uh, what the the natural world that was supposed to be, uh, and they made it supernatural. So the result of angels with humans created these uh, beings called nephilims, which are a hybrid of humans and angels. Which in those days they were giants, where it would uh, men would look like they were grasshoppers in comparison. But it got so violent in the mixing of DNAs. Uh, That corrupted all life. That God had to uh, start all over with uh, Noah and his family. But the first time God destroyed the earth with flood. But this time He's not going to do by flood. He, you know, that's the purpose of the rainbow. The rainbow is a reminder to all mankind that He will never flood the earth again. So anyone, anytime they say, you know, that the uh, melting of the ice caps or in the icebergs in the North Pole area will flood all the cities and flood the earth. It's not true because God will never flood the earth again. So there might be local floods and you know flash floods and other things, but the earth itself is not going to flood underwater. And the rainbow is the sign in the heavens as his promise. But all the LGBTQ people have taken that, stolen that from God and turned it into a perverse pride parade symbol but so the next time when the earth is destroyed at the very end of history when before god will renew heavens and earth it'll all be destroyed by fire everything is going to be burned up so everything that's made in this earth made in the heavens it's all going to burn up and it's all going to start again when god restores everything uh the way it was before in the garden of eden and the wicked will be judged and the saints will remain with god forever and ever um, so everything that's being done in the natural is visible that reflects Satan and his war against God himself. So that means all the evidence uh, is pointing to what the Bible is saying is true, and that is around us at all times, and it's visible for anyone who wants to see and hear. So this is my attempt to show you guys that what God is saying in the Bible is true. And he says, By hearing you will hear, and you shall not understand. Seeing you will see, and you shall not perceive. For this, people's hearts have grown dull. Their ears have become hard of hearing, and they have closed their eyes. Unless they sh- should see and with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, I shall heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your eyes for they hear. And this is in Matthew 13, 14-16. And there are different versions of the Bible um, but the original standard that if you're going to learn it for the first time should be the King James Version. But there are some easier translations to kind of help you and you should read them in parallel to make sure it doesn't go against what it says in the King James versions. So oftentimes I use uh, the Modern English Version or the ESV, that's English Standard Version or the NIV, uh, National International uh, Version. So... Or the New International Version. So there are different translations that could help you understand a verse when you cannot understand it in the King James Version because of the Old English. Uh, But you should always refer back to the King James Version to know what is the truth because there are many translations have gone in different directions and translated away from the Word of God. And you will have many Bibles that profess to be Bibles, but they're not. They have totally changed the Word of God to say something else. I mean, there's even an LGBTQ version of the Bible where they call Adam and Steve instead of Adam and Eve. So there are perverse Bibles that you have to be careful that you do not go into that and you start out knowing what the standard is um, because the King James Version was the first established uh, translation in English that went throughout the whole world. And then after that, many other translations came to being. Uh, but I will say that everything that you know about what's been told by education, by your parents, by everyone around you, most of it, if you're following what the world says, is all a lie. The Bible is the only source that will tell you the truth and history that's everything under the sun. So what has been being the same and what will be, and what has been done is the same as what will be done. There's nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1-9. So the biggest lie that has been said in all the educational world is that we evolved over billions of years from a single cell or that we evolved from monkeys. We did not because Genesis clearly has said that he made everything of his own kind. So that means uh, the animal kind, whatever uh, that he made individually, it was his own kind. Mankind is his own kind. So there is no uh, cross evolution. There's no... Uh, evolving from a single cell because God says he made man, he made Adam, and he made uh, Eve from the rib of Adam to be from his own flesh. So and now we know that we have DNA material inside of us, this genetic coding and information that makes us who we are. So all the lies that have been told for centuries is that we came from something else and not from God. So again, it's already starting out in the satanic world that God isn't the author of us, but something else is. So, once you learn that who created this universe, especially in the book of Genesis, is the first book, and it gives you the understanding for the rest of the Bible, and that's why if you're going to spend any time understanding anything at all from the Bible, you should read the first book and the last book, and then come back to all the other chapters And I only say read the last book uh, right after Genesis so you know what's coming because we're already in this time. And God says whoever reads the book of Revelation is blessed. So it will help you to kind of understand the beginning and the end and then kind of follow through uh, in the middle to find out through all the stories what is God really saying and why is he saying it and what it is that how does it apply to us because everything that's been written in the Bible does directly apply to us today. Everything is restarting again. So even though the stories were like written 2,000 years ago for their history, it's also repeating itself for our history. So that's why it doesn't need to be repeated again. We just have to look to the source and say, oh, okay, this is where we are. This is why it's happening. So one of the things I wanted you guys to understand that God is not a mythical understanding, but a living God who cares for us and guides us to the truth in faith. So this is not something that a book that you're just reading to... Uh, carry out rituals or some sort of worship of whatever the book tells you to do or try to be a good person because you cannot be a good person by reading the text. It's only coming through the faith and understanding of God through the Holy Spirit that's going to transform your Satanic self to godly self because we've been separated from God since ever since I Adam and Eve sinned and fallen man So Jesus Christ is the redemption back to God So our existence today really doesn't reflect the image of God unless you are in Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to work on you Your image is more aligned with Satan than it is God if you don't have uh, the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you um, and his character is revealed throughout the Bible uh, believing in God or the Bible is not a religion. There are no rituals. There's no practices required to worship God. There's no intercessors uh, other than Christ. No objects to worship to get to God. This means no idols, no gurus, no pope, no priests. It's a direct personal relationship with Christ and understanding His Word in the Bible. And His Word itself is God, and it says, "In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and Word was God." The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and darkness comprehended not. John 1, uh, 1 1-5 So the Bible was written for believers, not the unbelievers, because we can confirm to the image, not the world that's ruled by Satan and his uh, minions. So it gives us... Like I said earlier, is through the Holy Spirit it transforms us to who we are and who we will become to be like Christ and to be like God. And God Himself, the Bible itself, the Word is God, and that got transferred uh, to flesh. And when He when He was born, God revealed Himself in flesh, which is all reflects what the Bible is saying. So by faith cometh hearing, and hearing but the Word of God, uh, Romans ten. Uh, 17 KGV. So you need faith and the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. One Corinthians 2:14 NIV. So what I was saying earlier that it, it's the Bible is not meant for unbelievers if they don't have faith. Because it's through the Holy Spirit can we start to understand what the Bible is saying? Because it's a very difficult book to understand if you have no desire for God to learn the truth and you're not uh, believing in faith that what God is saying is true. And through the Holy Spirit, it will reveal like uh, passages of what they mean, and He will show you things, and you know He'll open your eyes, He'll open your ears. To start understanding the things that are talked about in the Bible. And you will see them in real life in, you know as they're happening every single day. The Genesis, the first book, establishes the suppress- su- supremacy of God to create all things in the universe. So every verse has a meaning and is transferable throughout time for our understanding. So the first example is like the very first verse uh, time- that establishes time, space, and matter. So in the beginning to mean time. God created heaven, to mean space, and the earth, to mean matter. So this is Genesis 1.1. So right away, uh, he's already established the physics and the, you know, time, space, and matter for anyone, for a scientist to discover that that's what he's talking about. So in our natural, we may not care as a scientist, but the scientist who reads this says, oh, okay, this is exactly what it's establishing. So for different skills, for different people, they will read into it a little bit different and understand it differently. So if you're an artist, you will understand the beauty of God through the artist's lens. And if you're a doctor, you will uh, see the Bible uh, through your skills and knowledge differently than one. So the, every facet of you know whatever you're gifted with, you will be able to read into it that's much more than just reading it plainly because everything that's said in the Bible is not just a plain meaning. Uh, although for the simple it is, and that's fine, but there's also other meanings as you grow into the Word and grow into your faith, and you start to see more things that you weren't able to see when you first started out. The bio- the Genesis also establishes His creation. Uh, so, for example, I heard... Uh, a YouTube video um, where they were discussing Jupiter as being created before the sun and the earth which isn't true because Bible establishes the precise order of all creation including um, you know when he made light itself the source of light the sun the moon the stars the plants the animals and uh, humans so everything is uh, within the first few verses are outlined uh, his creation from day one to day six and he created everything in six literal days. I know that people want to think that it's more time span as one day could be a thousand years for God. But in each verse, he has said that there's a morning and there's an evening, which he established for us for seasons, for day and night. So when he says that with each time he does something for in six literal days, that implies to me that they were actual six days and not like a thousand year time span to be 6,000 years. So, and that also shows the supremacy of God that he has that power to speak things into existence. And he did it all in six days, all life, all universe. And the seventh day he rested. Um, So that, that's why, you know, the Genesis is kind of an amazing book and there's so much in there that it's worth uh, for you to read and kind of understand before going on to any other book. And creation of man, it's also established in Genesis, where he clearly says "Man and woman, Adam and Eve was his uh, creation in Garden of Eden. He established male and female. So I wanted you guys to see this, uh, what's happening now, where they're erasing what the Bible is saying. In fact, every verse, Satan is uh, perverting and erasing God's image into something else. And uh, this is uh, Kantaga. Cantag- oh I don't even know how to say her name, but Judge Cantaga Jackson. Provide a definition for the word woman. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm you not believe a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the law, and I decide, so I'm not... The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about you know here we are in modern times and they can't figure out what a woman and a man is they can't figure out what a woman is when a woman is being confirmed and interviewed for supreme court justice so it's it's crazy that two women are discussing what they don't know what a definition of woman is but the bible is the same yesterday today and tomorrow jesus never changes So he's already established what a man is, what a woman is, and what a role is individually and collectively in the body of Christ. So you can see what's happening in real life. They're just attempting to erase everything what God says in the Bible to make it a lie. So if every word and every uh, description, what God is saying is to be true, and they're making that into a lie, people are believing those lies. And if they don't know the truth, they will eventually die in their death with lies and go uh, be judged just as Satan's going to be judged. Because part of what the reason for the Bible is not so you can just worship and and, um, get what you'd want, but it's really to know the truth. That's the entire purpose of the Bible. It's like when you know you're living in a a satanic world full of lies, then you need some sort of benchmark that says this, this is the truth not just by your natural seeing or hearing things, but against the Word of God that says this is the way it is. So no one can pervert it. And eventually, you know, towards the end of it, they're going to ban all the Bibles. Uh, But the truth will remain in our hearts, and because the Holy Spirit lives in us, no matter what they do, God will always uh, be faithful to his believers and give them the truth of what everything is supposed to be. So the other thing was that, uh, you know, the Genesis established is that sin... Is introduced to all creation uh, by having Adam and Eve disobeying God. God told them not to eat from the tree of knowledge where they would know good and evil. Uh, so sin symbolism is shown throughout the whole world, wherever you look. You don't have to get very far to see all the biblical symbolism being applied uh, in, in a satanic way to reference Satan's kingdom, not God's kingdom. So if God told Adam and Eve don't, you know, eat from the the tree of knowledge, good and evil, don't eat the fruit, well, uh, Eve disobeyed God, and then Adam, knowing that it was wrong, followed Eve, because he knew better, and he was supposed to be the head of Eve, Uh, but yet he uh, followed her ways, and again sinned, so God then ended up cursing all men, and and kicked out uh, Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, to... Start their downfall. Pretty much. Uh, they no longer had immortality. Because in the garden of Eden. Before they sinned. They had they were immortal. They had everything provided for them. In a perfect way. There was no sin and death. There was uh, everything. As God designed it to be. But after they sinned. They were out. From God's kingdom. And into the world. Where uh, Satan. You know. Told them. Hey. If you don't eat. If you eat from this fruit. You're not going to die. And yet. Uh, Eve believed Satan that, okay, I'm still alive, but they weren't alive anymore. They were, they were actually starting to decay. So, forever since that, you know, Adam and Eve sinned, lifespan became shorter and shorter and shorter. So, originally, when you know, biblical stories talk about them living up to a thousand years, and gradually, each generation time span got shorter and shorter, where God then limited it to 120 years as the average lifespan. But even today, we're not even living up to the 120 years. Most people die around 60, 70, 80 years old. And if you're lucky, you may get closer to 100. But there are not that many examples of life living beyond and into up to 120 years old. And all this technology, what the corporations are doing, they're trying to uh, create a way to live longer and become immortal. So this transhumanism agenda is all really about extension of life. What they want, because in reality, is every generation the lifespan is getting shorter and shorter. It's not getting longer. So they want a way to go back, and you know they created all this wealth. They created this kingdom that they want to enjoy all their fleshly pleasures and gain the whole world. But they're not going to live long enough to really enjoy what they want and what they have. So they're trying to make sure with all the genetic modifications and technology that they'll figure out a way to live longer. And they will for a short time. The Bible talks about that. Uh, one of the verses it mentions that men long to die, but they could not die. And this is towards a very end time scenario. So they probably have will figure out how to do that. And it's not going to turn out good for them. So that's also, I think, it's part of the Mark of the Beast technology that's going to be coming. It's probably going to offer people uh, Satan's version of eternal life because God, Jesus, granted uh, those who believe eternal life. So Satan also wants to mimic God and offer his version, his kingdom. Uh, It's all perverted. It's all going to fail. So I, I believe that when the Mark of the Beast is actually going to happen that there's, uh, ways that one of the things that he's going to offer is longevity of life, to cure all diseases and make this utopia in the world where, you know, like his version of Garden of Eden. Uh, and then of course it isn't going to go with his, uh, as he planned because God, uh, will destroy all these things in the end. So one of the things that I wanted you guys to notice was that the symbolism is everywhere. Um, so the Apple logo itself represents the fall of man at the Garden of Eden. So that's and this, uh, especially now with their uh, rainbow-looking Apple, is to represent the pride of Satan and his minions to fall in the trap of the LGBT community. So you can see the symbolism everywhere. Um, the six 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 actually comes from the biblical passage that talks about the Market of the beast. So the name and the number of man is six six six. So they put that symbolism in everywhere. Like Walt Disney, you can see the symbols where they kind of... Uh, and even the Taco Bell, the new logo, if you trace it, it's also 666. And the stars, there's many symbolisms that in the occult side of things and um, more of the like the Masonic symbols that kind of worship Satan's. So they've used these symbolisms everywhere uh, throughout all the, le- le- uh, the logos. Like even Starbucks, you know, has... Uh, The star symbol and other, you know, hidden meanings behind it. The star itself represents the fallen stars, the fallen angels. uh, Because the angels sometimes are referred to in the Bible as stars. So, and like the Chrysler symbol and these wing symbols really comes from the wings of Horus. Because the old Babylon religion was uh, much of like the occultic symbols from Egyptian uh, gods and Egyptian, uh, like the eye of Horus the wings and all that really comes from the biblical uh, worship of Baal and other old world religion at the days of when the Tower of Babel was being built. And the Bible talks at great length about all that history. Um, But you can see like just about every product, you know, if you look for it, it's all there. There's some hidden um, symbols that's going on. So some of the the things that uh, you can Easily see, like the two pillar reference. That's all masonic stuff. Like the uh, twin towers, they brought that down on purpose. But the twin towers refer- represented like the two pillars in the masonic, uh, in the masonic references and stuff. The six 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 reference. It's always everywhere. The symbolism with their hand gestures, and as you can see in the logo above, that they you know they put in much. They put it into everything. Um, even this, the Lucius symbol. 666, but also Lucius uh, refers to Lucifer uh, and that Satan. The one eyed symbol is everywhere, which I'll show you. Every it's not just like Americans or Europeans actors that are doing this, it's all over the world. Every culture is signed on to symbolize that their allegiance to Satan and the monarch butterfly, triangles, lightning. Lightning refers to Satan fall from heaven. So, even like David Bowie, he used to have this. Symbolism on his one of his eye, the the lightning uh, painted on one of his eyes. So that has like a double meaning. One, he covers up his one of the eyes, just like the one-eyed symbol, and then the lightning represents the fall of Satan. So his allegiance to Satan, and stars like the fallen angels are referred to stars, the pentagram, uh, that's all satanic worship stuff. The compass from like the Masonic symbols. Um, and then the wings of Horus, which I showed you, and there's like tons and tons of symbolism everywhere. So I mean, people can just write a whole book on like the different stuff. But I wouldn't get so much caught up on the symbolism, except to know that everything that you see in here uh, is all related to some sort of uh, satanic worship symbolism, and that's how they're communicating with each other, the demons and the spirits. And using men to kind of do it. So like, you know, whatever you're worshipping, you're displaying to the world. And as much as you like to think that Hinduism and all these other things are like your religion and that's hot what you believe, it really isn't. Those things are just distractions. And every religion is like a version of what Satan wants you to uh, believe and worship the way he chooses for you to believe and worship him in reality. So all the whole world is kind of a stage To go against the word of god to go against christ and uh, and like fool people into believing all the things that they believe in and that's what's portraying in the symbols everywhere that you see even like the bollywood movies they're all doing this even in there like if you don't believe it's happening in india it is happening there too so this is one of the videos that i wanted to show you Symbolism and the one eyed is that it's not, it's universal. The whole world is doing this, and all of this is pledging their allegiance to Satan. So it doesn't matter what you believe, whether you believe in Buddhism or Hinduism or Catholicism, none of that matters because there's only one universal truth throughout the whole world that's displaying who their allegiance is, and that's to Satan. So even if Hindus are doing it and and Christians are doing it, not Christians, but Catholics and other, you know, celebrities and uh, prominent people throughout the whole world, even politicians, they're all doing this. So they've already told... Uh, you, what they're actually worshipping and who they're waiting for their second coming. They're not waiting for Christ, they're waiting for the Antichrist and all of this symbolism is to portray that their allegiance to the Antichrist who will uh, make himself known pretty, I mean it's going to happen pretty soon. The world is coming to a close of his history where the Antichrist is going to come to the scene and is going to mimic Christ So it's going to act like it's Christ, but it's not Christ. So Christ is not living in this world. He's living within us. And the Bible is to help us to not be deceived by what's happening in the world. And once you take your allegiance to the Antichrist and take his mark, you are condemned forever. You will be thrown into the lake of fire and judged just as Satan's going to be judged. So this is why it's important to uh, hear me out you know, read the Bible, and kind of take steps to figure out if Christianity and the Bible is really true. Now, that doesn't mean that Christianity is a religion, as people have made it out to be, is true, because they're they, they, they are also part of the deception and falling into the world. The churches are no longer are honoring Christ, but they're honoring the Antichrist with their behavior and what they've done, especially with the LGBTQ stuff, they have all merged with the satanic agenda into their own churches. So you cannot trust any church unless you know the Bible first, so then you can tell what's true and what's false. But I wa- you know all the symbolism here, even the famous actor, these are all Indian actors that are covering up their one eye and the symbolism. So even like the, the main D that's in her hand, it reflects the symbolism for the mark of the beast, which will be in the right hand or the forehead. So... You know, just by the Indian symbolism that they use with henna and other things, they're also pledging their allegiance. Now, I know the bindi is supposed to be a traditional decorative stuff that women wear and part of the symbolism of marriage, traditionally, but that in itself is also symbolically like the mark of the beast where the symbol of either on the forehead or the right hand. So... And there could be you know, many other uh, meanings to it as well. But overall, all the celebrities throughout the world, whether they're in Korea or India or in Italy, even the Pope is doing it, all the actors, the major celebrities, have been doing magazine covers with their one eye symbolism. So the Genesis also is introduction to Satan as a created being where God made him perfect and in all ways and, and beautiful. But he sinned against God uh, and his sin was pride when he thought that he could be just like God, that he was so magnify himself to be equal to God, and that was his downfall. That was his uh, he was kicked out of the heaven and sent to earth because he sinned against God himself. And then God, you know the the God's rainbow as a promise that he would not flood the earth, as a sign in the heavens, the LGBTQ2 community uses the rainbow as their pride symbol. And what do they what do they say with all their parades? It's a pride parade. So they've taken something uh, satanic and negative, and what God sees as a sin, pride is sin, and they took it as a symbol to parade around and actually call it pride so it's mocking god it's mocking god for what his truth is and using his own symbol his own creation and like usurping it and taking it as their own to mean something very perverted and evil so those things like once you know that you know what the bible is saying you can start to recognize how society is using to go against the word of god so right now satan is given temporary power and dominion over the earth to build his earthly kingdom but Jesus, when he returns, he will destroy it all and restore all things as he originally was built in the Garden of Eden to be perfect where there's no more pain, no more suffering. And to know that, you know, sin, uh, the penalty for sin is death. So as Satan was telling Eve, you know, you surely will not die if you eat of the fruit. That was a lie. Eve bought into Satan's lies to open her eyes uh, thinking that she would be just like God. So on the verse of Genesis 3-3-5 where it said God has said you will not eat it nor will you touch it or you shall die. That was the commandment to Adam and Eve. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. And then the, servant said to the uh, serpent said to the woman you surely will not die for God knows that on the day you eat it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. And that's exactly where we're at. We know both good and evil. And although uh, Adam and Eve didn't die immediately Death, all life, all creation now is cursed with death. We will all die. It just may not happen that instant. God could have zapped them in that instant, but he didn't choose to do that. He allowed humanity, he allowed them to carry on and build uh, you know, their lives, but still give us a plan for redemption that eventually, through Jesus Christ, that we can now uh, take away our sins and be reconciled with, back with God. So the Genesis also establishes supernatural beings like angels and other entities, uh, nephilims and the watchers. So there's all kinds of references in Genesis that talks about very spiritual things and spiritual beings and earth, uh, you know, things that are not unnatural to the earth. But it describes, you know, that the whole universe is filled with life, even though we cannot see them. In, in our through our eyes but they doesn't mean that don't exist so it's describing the supernatural world uh, the hidden world that is part of us and we are interacting with it uh, just by our existence and that's the whole point of being saved that you're not uh, accepting the spirits of evil inside your soul but you are rejecting uh, those spirits and demons to exchange your soul with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the God who dwells in you that prevents all these other spirits to take over your soul and your existence. So the book of Genesis also says that follows the story of where angels rebelled against God and they went with Satan and they were all cast down to earth. And the fallen angels uh, sought after earthly women to create the offsprings what they called as nephilims, the hybrid between Um, angels and humans and they were known to be giants that were men would look like grasshoppers compared to these Nephilim and they were also referred to as renowned men so the kings of the earth back then or you know the prominent like they would almost be like God so like many many stories about like the Iliad odyssey of gods of the greek gods or any one of those gods even hindu gods you know all these things could actually be real where they were like beings that were like god where people began to worship them so it's very possible that they're you know like every religion old religion that had some sort of mythical god-like figure that they weren't just stories they were actually real things but they were fallen angels that uh you know manifested themselves to make themselves into god because that's the lie that satan told eve that you shall be like gods so and all the fallen angels that were casted to earth they were already super supernatural beings and once they had were hybrids with humans they would appear like as if they were gods to the uncorrupted humans because they would have this extra knowledge after extra gifts that you know that weren't Of human nature but angelic nature so it's very well possible that every religion false religion of all those deities that they uh, spoke about actually existed and did what uh, the stories say they are and people fell for that to be gods instead of the creator of all things and they started worshiping those angels to provide for them to worship them and you know Ask them in prayers of what they wanted, and they all have the power to grant it. You know, the demons have, and Satan has all the power in the world to grant you your wishes. And many, you know, fell astray uh, by going after those gods. So, the one big story about Genesis is what's kind of relevant today is in the days of Noah before the flood, the earth was filled with violence and evil, that every thought, every everything they did was pure evil. And the main thing that was happening then was the mixing of DNA to create these hybrids, their own version of genetic modified organisms and humans that was already happening. So there's nothing new under the sun. Every corruption that's happening today with the DNA genetic engineering already happened in the past where God had to destroy all life. And that was the whole purpose of the Great Flood was to destroy all the corruption and restart human age with Noah and through his sons to uh, start new humans that were uncorrupted. Noah and his family were the only humans on earth at that time that their DNA was not corrupted. And that's why God saved them and told Noah to build the ark, to build, bring in the animals and you know his family, and they would be protected during the flood while all life on earth perished. And there are, you know, good Christians out there that talk about creation and the flood in detail that might help you if you're really into wanting to learn more about that. You can follow those people that do a good job in studies, you know, of those earlier events. But I'm just going to give you the overview and the rest is wherever it captures you, that's where you should go to learn more about it. Um, so the key thing is whatever was happening in the days of Noah is happening now. We're only going to see more violence, more destruction and all the powers to be are corrupting all life once again. All the plant life is now being corrupted with genetically modified. There's hardly any original seeds left. Almost everything has now been genetically modified in your grocery store. Um, and only you know through gr- if you're able to fi- find organic seeds that you can grow it yourself will you actually have anything organic. Because even when they label stuff organic, it's not really organic. It just could be parts of it that they made it say organic, but then... You have no idea because they don't label it uh, correctly, and they don't have to label it correctly. So you have no idea what you're eating or what you're buying. But just about everything has been already been corrupted with their DNA changes, and this whole COVID thing has started with a new technology of mRNA technology, which is I knew from day one that was only meant to do one thing was to modify uh, humans and their genetic code to be genetically modified humans. And this will get worse and worse and worse. They're not going to stop because they will eventually have a whole set of new race of people that's going to be genetically modified and almost non-human and those who resist and do not want to make any changes to their body uh, genetically will be the outliers, the outcasts and going to be persecuted, so this is where it's headed, and the Bible talks all about all this stuff, so the more you understand it, the better you can see, you know, the times that we're living in, so before Christ, um, you know, he, before Christ, God was with his people in real time, to speak to them, to guide them, to establish them, Uh, all the days of Noah. in in after with Moses, the story of Moses and how he talked to God and the Israelites who were living with God as they were wandering the desert for 40 years. And, you know, he provided for them. He told them what to do. So all these things, you know, up until the birth of Christ, God was actually interacting with them in real time. And still everybody rebelled. You know, to this day, we're all rebelling. We don't want what God to strictly be live by him and you know according to his ways we want our own things so because of that you know we're always disconnected to god because we want to go our own way and that's christ is you know found a way to redeem us back to him but i wanted to point out that everything in the bible all the characters the book is not about holy people it's the book is about flawed people sinner people just like you and me that were you know, even if they were believed in God and they followed God, they were still sinners. They were, you know, they were murderers, they were liars, they were thieves, they were just about every kind of sin you can imagine that, you know, God talked about in the early Bible. They all committed it in one way or the other, including murder. I mean, right off the bat, Cain and Abel, you know, uh, when he told them, or when they brought their offering to God, God was not happy with Cain's offering, but was happy with Abel's. Uh, Abel was a... A sheep herder, and he brought meat offering as a sacrifice to God, and while Cain brought, like, he was a farmer, and he only brought, like, fruits and vegetables, uh, and then God rejected that offering. That was all foreshadowing of having to uh, sacrifice his son for all of us, um, so but that also showed the level of faith um, between the offerings, the people that offered it to God, but God only rejected it, he didn't reject Cain, but Cain got jealous and he ended up murdering his brother Abel, and for then on, the Cain line, there's a whole story after that too, where even though he murdered uh, his brother, and the blood cried out from the ground, so like, that shows that the spirit didn't die, just because he murdered his brother, the, the blood from the ground was still crying out to God, the spirit was still there, so the God didn't condemn Cain or, you know, like put him out of his his existence for murder, but yet He uh, still allowed him to live and even marked him the mark of Cain, so that nobody else would harm him uh, as they saw the mark. So He always has stories throughout the Bible that shows His love for all of us and how He protects us, even when we're sinners, even when we do the worst that we can do. God still loves us. He still takes care of us, and He has shown this time and time and time again, and I bet you in your own life, if you saw it, and you you open your eyes, you already will see that God has protected you from beginning to end, and he's still doing it, despite your sins, despite your rejection of him, he's still protecting you, and he's still allowing you your existence, so that's part of, you know, what the, as you read all these stories, you have to keep that in mind, that the book is not about holy people doing holy things, but it's about sinners doing sinful things. And God is always protecting and redeeming them from their sinful acts, from Adam and Eve all the way till the end, including us. And Jesus was the one that took all our sins and became the slain lamb um, to take away all our sins and redeem them back to himself. So the only person who is not a sinner is God. Jesus is the only one who is perfect in all ways. And he did not commit one sin. Um, and he's the only one, as talked about in the book of Revelation, that's worthy to open the seven seals. Uh, this, so that's important to note because you will see that throughout the book. That God came into existence through his word and word is flesh. And you know everything that he did was to show his ways, his character, And he was, you know, he lived in this manly, earthly existence, and he still didn't sin. He was perfect. And the Bible says that we're all sinners, and no one is good. So if any, you know, I've heard this over and over, that while I'm a good person, and, you know, we all believe in the same God, yet that we all want peace and love and harmony. That's not what the Bible teaches. So the Bible is very clear that everyone is a sinner. No one is good. Not one. And your goodness, he actually says in one of the verses, is is equivalent to a menstrual rag of a woman. So your goodness has, has no bearing on what you are and where you're headed. The only thing that redeems you is the blood of Christ, your faith in Christ, and through the Holy Spirit. That's it. There's nothing else about you that's worthy. And if you are not in Christ, your existence will not, it'll be ending up in judgment. And it won't matter how good you were. It doesn't even matter if you were Mother Teresa and took care of sick people and and gave money to the poor or if you did good deeds every single day. It still won't matter because without Christ, you are uh, you are not a good person. You're nothing. And... You're just a sinner and you're going to die in your sins. So do not rely on your self-worth and your self-deeds to elevate yourself uh, as worthy to God when you are rejecting God and the truth that's only going to be given to you from the word of God. And the judgment is already pronounced on all men from the original sin from Adam and Eve where it continues to multiply and multiply and multiply and our inheritance what we naturally would have had if Adam and Eve didn't sin uh, we already had our inheritance and because of sin people who want Satan and offer what he has to offer we lost our inheritance so we lost our everlasting life we lost our uh, the perfect body that Adam and Eve probably had in every way um, because it was meant to endure it was an internal body and we lost all those things that were created in the Garden of Eden to live and not have any uh, decay or death. to ever. So we only know that because of the curse after Adam and Eve sinned. And so we lost the inheritance, but Jesus, through faith and belief in him, allows us to come back to his kingdom uh, that's going to be restored once again. So Jesus came to earth to give us the good news of his kingdom and his free invitation to join him in everlasting life through faith. And those that don't accept this will go through their judgment and their sins and be thrown into the lake of fire as their second death. And that's why I am doing this uh, video and podcast, so to reach out to all of you that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. So what is the image of God? Um... Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them, in Genesis 1, 26-27. And the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. So he's basically saying that image of God, Christ is the image of God, and is shining on all men to reflect his glory. And for those who don't believe, you know, they're blinded in their own sin, that they could not even see God. He is the brightness of his glory, the express image of himself, and upholds all things by the word of his power. And when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of his majesty on high. Hebrews 1.3. So what's God's image is not. Um, so that has to be very clear. That God made us in his own image. We are the creation. He is our God. He is the creator. So everything that man has created to worship their own gods are not in the image of God, but is a reflection of the image of what they desire and an in corrupted image of things that they see in around them in nature. So the very first thing God is is telling us, you shall not make yourself any graven idol or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that in the water below the earth, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. Exodus twenty four five Bav so it's saying, do not make any graven image of anything, not the birds, not the sky, not the heaven, not anything in the water, nothing. You are not allowed to make any graven image to represent God in any way. Because everything that he created is a creation. It's not, it has no power on its own without God. God created this, so we should not be worshiping anything that He created, but only the Creator Himself. So, what the image is not is not of a beast, is not of animals. Image of God is not any likeness in nature. Uh, it's not a woman. God refers to Himself as He, and not a female. So, there are no female deities. There's no female God. Um, the God. There's not an image of men. So that means no image of any man should be worshipped or praised or bowed down to you so that means no gurus no buddha no pope no man is to be worshiped we're all made in the image of god not the other way around so you can never have men an image of man as man is created to be god that's it goes back to the same lie that satan told eve at the garden of eden that you shall be like gods so there is many many images of people objects and things that people began to worship. The creation rather than the creator. And also there's no Im- image of God that would reflect any specific purpose. Like the saints of travel or God of money or God of prosperity. You know as, as Catholicism has many many saints that individualize their purpose. As if they're the worshipping uh, entity to grant you that whatever you desire. Like safety and travel or you know money. Even like the God me people worship that to for wealth and prosperity so all the hindu gods have very specific purpose and what they grant and what you're worshiping them for so all of that they don't it's not god it's just idols that they reflected onto objects and things of your own desire or what you wanting god to fulfill for you rather than going to the creator himself so no objects whatsoever so these are all the images of man idols that are not god and I know that, you know, if some of you in Hinduism probably worship some of these gods. But to know, in the book of the Bible, it, God is not referring himself to the beast. He's not referring himself as a woman or persons. Like even now they're worshiping Donald Trump's statue as God. And it just started to happen. So things will come up. And, you know, the Genesis even spoke about a story where Moses went up to the mountain to talk to God and he was gone a little bit too long where the people got restless down below and they started taking all their jewelry, all their gold jewelry to turn it into this golden calf where the people started worshipping the golden calf because they wanted to make that into a God and they couldn't wait for Moses to come down even though God was talking to the Israelites. He was telling them right there and then, you know, but they didn't even have the patience for Moses to return. And they started worshipping their own man-made calf idol. And Hinduism, you know, part of their gods also worships uh, cows as something sacred. Uh, But they're just beasts. And God is very specific. I mean, that could be like the worst thing you could say to God. Is to worship beasts that's even below man. Beasts are at the bottom of the, you know, food chain. And to worship them as a deity it's probably abomination to god to even think about that um but idols are not just in hinduism and you know all the other different religions in india but they're everywhere there's false religions everywhere there's idols worship everywhere in every continent in every culture and they are picking their own symbolism like catholicism has gone to idol worship to worship mary the mother of jesus instead of God himself. They're not worshiping God directly. They use Mary as an intercessor to get to Jesus, to get to God. So Mary is a woman, an earthly woman. She has no she's a sinner just like everybody else. So all those people that are worshiping a woman, a sinning woman, to be a godlike status, they're all worshiping false idols and they're not they don't have any connection with the real God. They don't have any connection with Jesus. And even, you know, they will have, like, images, graven images of Jesus. That's still all wrong. That's, God is very clear. Don't make any graven images of any likeness. So this is only men version of who they think God, what they, God looks like. And not what actuality, what God is telling them. Do not worship any images, graven images. Don't worship idols. But your, your direct connection to God is through the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of God. And through your temple, God lives inside of you. You don't need outward uh, reflection. You just need to talk to God directly. So, what does God say? To whom will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? The workman melts a graven image, and the goldsmith spreads it with gold and casts silver chains. He who is too improvised for such an offering chooses a tree that will not rot. Uh, he takes, he seeks for himself a skillful workman to prepare a graven image that shall not totter. Isaiah forty eighteen through twenty. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their uh, delectable things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They see not. They know not. They, they may be ashamed. Isaiah forty four nine KGV Shall a man make gods unto himself? and they are no gods. Jeremiah 16, 20-22 KJV So concerning the eating of foods that are offered in sacrifice to I- idols, we know that the idol is nothing in the world, and there is no other god but one. 1 Corinthians A 4 So worshipping idols is worshipping demons. The fallen angels set up many false religions to deceive the whole world and worship Saint, Satan and his angels. So that's what... All the religions are, that are not of Christ, not directly linked to Christ, are all false religions and are actually worshipping demons. So God spends, you know, he talks a lot about not only on um, do not worship idols, but then what you're actually worshipping or sacrificing and giving foods to is not of just vain things that you make of your own, but they are possessed with demons. Um, so they shall make more sacrifice, their sacrifice to good demons, and after whom they for this shall be a statute forever for them throughout their generations leviticus 17:7 7 esv because the early israelites were sacrificing food and making offerings to demonic statutes and other false gods the idols worship that god forbade them not to do very early on but i say that the things which the gentiles sacrifice they sacrifice to demons and not to god I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. 1 Corinthians 1020 Mev. So clearly, God is saying here that whatever you, Gentile refers to, all people of the world that are non-Israelites, and whatever they're offering to their idols, they're actually sacrificing to demons. So next time, you know, as a Hinduism religion or any other uh, idol worship that you're doing, you got to make a note according to the Bible, that you're not actually worshipping God, but you're sacrificing and worshipping to demons. And they can grant you your desires. So if you're worshipping for wealth and prosperity, a husband or a job or whatever you want in life, the demons can grant you that. And that's that's the reason why people do what they do. Because they have rejected the true God to go after whatever they desire. So as I said demons do have powers to grant you your desires. Satan has dominion over the world and powers to grant all earthly kingdom as one desires and just as he offered Jesus in the desert. So when Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights Satan came to him towards the end of his fast and told him I said if I will offer you the whole world and all the riches in it if you worship me and Uh, Jesus uh, rejected that and said, you know, go away, Satan. Uh, I will only worship. There's only one God. Uh, So that's, if he hadn't done that, there would have been no redemption for us. There would have been, everything would have been lost to Satan. But because Jesus uh, was able to say no to Satan, uh, Satan lost everything. Instead, he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire and Jesus inherited all the earthly kingdom and the heavens all of it. So even whatever Satan offered, he inherited a lot more from the Father. And we are now the co-inheritors with him. For all those that believe, we are now part of his kingdom, that he inherited the entire universe, all creation. What Satan could not offer, he could only offer earthly things and earthly wealth. Um, but, you know, Jesus has much more now to offer all of us as believers so the other thing to know here is that demons do have power and object. They can possess people uh, to live out their fleshy desires. Demons are believed to be spirits of dead nephilims, hybrids of angel and humans that still carry out their fleshy desires in spirits. But they can't because they don't have a body anymore. They possess people to feel what they could have feel or want to feel, and you know they like to eat, uh, to have sex, and to gain the notoriety and, and the what life has to offer, they can inhabit people to live out their fantasies. And Jesus casted out many demons throughout uh, his time, all the you know the miracles that he did, along with them, he also casted out demons, including the legion of demons that resided just in one person. And legion would refer to like over 2,000 demons. And he casted that legion of demons out onto a herd of pigs, over 2,000 that went mad and crazy, and uh, ended up jumping off a cliff to die. So the demonic force is very powerful and very strong but Je- jesus and as believers defeated that demons have no power over the believers and we are to have the power to cast them out and you know make uh all the powers to make sure that you know anyone who's has any demonic influence we can actually protect them against Uh, and deliver them from demons along with casting them out in people so that that is the gift that god gave us as believers and we don't have anything to fear over this demonic kingdom So Jesus is more than demons. He can give you his inheritance in his kingdom, and nothing that we compare on earth on what he's promised to us. He promises a new body that is everlasting, and all our broken body right now that's decaying and dying is not going. It's going to be a brand new body uh, that's going to be perfect in every way, and he's promised a place to live. You know, one of the things he mentions: I, I am going to create a place for you um, in his kingdom, and. He mentioned mansions. So it's going to be something spectacular and beautiful. And everyone is going to have their place to live that isn't going to be taken away from them or break down or something you have to pay for to keep. So and there's no sin in his kingdom and all the heaven and the earth will be restored. And the best gift of all that he gave us was eternal life with him. So we will carry on and live forever i mean we don't have that concept of time now because we don't really understand it but with all these things in restoration we are never going to die again our existence would only grow and grow and grow and we can live uh, in eternity to know god and experience thing that he has in store for us so there's only one god um that jesus said unto him Get thee, hand Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. Matthew 4.10 KGV. For there is one God, there is one mediator between God and men, and the man, Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2.5 ESV As we know that Son of God has come, and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is a true God and eternal life. 1 John 5 20 ESV. I am the Lord, and there's no other besides me. There is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me. Isaiah 45 5 ESV. So throughout the Bible, there are many, many verses that shows that who is God, and there's only one God, and it is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is like his Father, to be one and only, even though there are three different forms, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Father, but they're all one. And through him is God himself is eternal life. He's the living God. Jesus is the only way, and i'm you know I've heard this where people say in other religions that we all worship in our you know many different ways, and but we all worship the same God. No, you're not worshiping the same God in all the different ways. God doesn't want an expansion of infinite number of ways for people to come up to worship him or know him. He's only provided one way and that is through Jesus. So anytime you hear stuff like this, you know, God has given us as Oprah, there was a famous little clip of uh, video of Oprah saying, Well God, you know, we all come in to worship God in many different ways and but we're all worshiping the same thing. No, we're not all worshiping the same thing. It's clear by now that I hope that I explained to you that, you know, what you're actually worshiping is other false religions of demons and uh, fallen angels. You're not worshiping God. God does not create any one of those images that people have chosen to worship. None of those idols and none of those philosophy. He has not created that. He's only given you one way and only one way, and that is through Jesus Christ. And see that Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Mav. Enter the narrow gate, for the wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who are going through it. And because small is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads to life, there are few who find it. Matthew 7:13-14. 14. Mav. So this is the key thing to know here. That if you follow the world, you're on a path that is wide and it's going to lead to destruction. Only there is very single, narrow way to get to God. He did not ordain the whole world to do whatever they want, worship however they want to, and somehow all be equal to his image and his ways and who he is. When clearly he's telling you no. There's only one thing that you need to know about me. Okay, There's only one way to get there. And if you know the word of God. You know me. And if you know Jesus. You know me. And if you don't know him. You don't know nothing. You know not his ways. And you can follow that trap to destruction. Into the pit. And it will all end up in the lake of fire. That it's going to be judged. And your second death. And you can, you can follow Satan. You have free will to do that. You can follow all his ways, but you will not get to God and you will not inherit the kingdom. And you will trade away your soul and your life for worthless things when all you need is to say yes to God, yes to Jesus. I want to be part of your kingdom. And I'm willing to sacrifice my life for you just as Jesus sacrificed his life for us. You should be able to want to trade away everything you own, everything that you could ever get in this life. It's all worthless. And I do understand that, you know, striving for things in your goals and, and prosperity is a thing that naturally we all want to do. And God is not saying no to wealth and prosperity, but he is saying no to the ways of this world and, and satanic kingdom that you pledge your allegiance to. If you do that, you will get exactly what you deserve. And so you can worship God in, in thousand different ways, but then that's all what you're worshiping are things that you created. as as human beings have created by uh, fashioning it into the God that they want God to be, and not the real thing. So only by faith you will be saved. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it's a gift of God, not the result of your own works, and not by one main boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ, for good works, for which God prepared beforehand, and that we may walk in them. Ephesians 2, 8, 10 ESV If you confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified with the mouth one confesses and is saved Romans 109 9-10 ESV Believe in Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, and you and your household, Acts 16:31 ESV. So, the good news of the Gospel is that all you need is faith. There are no special rituals. There's nothing that you can do about yourself and your good works. It's all about faith, if you believe or you don't. And if you believe, you the Holy Spirit will naturally will start to transform you into the image of God. And I actually wrote my first book, called Journey with God, is uh in that theme that that god takes us where we're at and he's like a potter of you know clay and transforms uh the believers in his own image over time so wherever you're at you're like the workmanship that god is creating to eventually be like christ uh so however you know if if you are a sinner today you could still repent and come to god and if you already believe you're, you're like a work in progress, and you will stay in work in progress until you finally get closer and closer to his image. And when all for good works, when his work is done, you shall be like him. So, in a way, Satan was correct that you know, once you shall be like God's, but not in his way that he intended to be. So, it's only through Christ that once he molds us and shapes us, do we become like him to inherit the kingdom with him. To be like God because that's the good work that He's created in us. So have faith and be baptized, and that would that would be the way for you to connect directly with Christ. So truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God John three five ESV. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on his names. Acts twenty two sixteen ESV. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgi- forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, and everyone the Lord our God calls to himself. Acts 2, 38-39 ESV. So God is calling all of us. God is calling you to join his kingdom. He's calling you to receive his gift and uh, to be baptized and have faith. And to be uh, given the gift of Holy Spirit, who is God, who lives inside you. That's the gift. And all you got to do is call upon His name. And He'll be there. So I appreciate you watching this video and listening to me about Christ and His Word. And if you want to know more about Christ, I would urge you to read the Bible. Because only the Bible can tell you uh, who God is, and what your purpose is, and how to redeem yourself through Christ. And what you're going to actually receive. It doesn't mean that we're not going to go through trials and tribulations. In fact, we're going to go through more trials and tribulations than non-believers. Because non-believers are already confirming to Satan in his image. Satan is not worried about uh, coming after the non-believers. They already belong to him. But Jesus Christ is snatching people away from Satanic Kingdom and onto himself. So where we become the target by Satan and all the demon hordes to come after believers in their everyday lives to be persecuted. And you can be persecuted in all kinds of ways in your life. I mean, I have been persecuted since even before I was born. Satan was trying to kill me in my mom's womb, you know, like where she could have had the abortion. And somehow I survived. Uh, But then even then, you know, my life was in danger for the first five, ten years. Like in medical... Physical danger... Where I had to overcome all that... Because Satan was after me... With everything that he could take... He was trying to take away... And he actually has taken... A lot away from me... Um, He's taken away... A career... He's taken away... A husband... He's taken away kids... He's taken away... uh, You know... Anything that he can take from me... uh, that, That... You know... You can enjoy life with... He's done a lot to take away... From my life... But God... You know... By his grace... He's always been with me and he's protected me, took care of me, despite what all the people have done. And without, you know, despite what Satan has done, God has still uh, kept me alive. And I think now I can look back and say, you know, he had a purpose for me. And one of those purposes is to spread his message to anyone who's willing to listen. And what I'm doing now is part of my purpose. So he kept me alive to, you know, not only know him, and I'm glad that. He was able to because if I had died before I became uh, a believer or actually understood everything the Bible had says and knowing Christ, you know, I would have died in my own sins and I would not have been saved. But he kept me alive long enough for me to learn. And now I am, you know, bringing that to you. And that's the purpose of me doing this uh, podcast. So. What I wanted to point out is that, you know, if you start with the book of Genesis, it explains all things and how it all started. The book of Revelation uh, describes how it will end and what it would mean for the wicked and for believers who are the wheat is and the tares who are the unbelievers and that we're all being harvested in the end. So the wheat and the tares are going to be separated. Right now, we're all together where you can't tell who's the wheat and you can't tell who's the tare. Um, but for sure, all the believers, true believers, are the wheat. And they're intermixed with all the tares in the world. But at, towards the end time, we're all going to be separated. The wheats are going to be taken up with Christ, and the tares are going to be thrown into the pit in the lake of fire. So that separation is going to get bigger and bigger as the closer we get towards the end time. It's going to be very easy to spot the wheat and the tares because they will no longer look like everyone else they're going to live more demonic they're going to act more demonic and the you know those saints are going to be with god and will reflect that glory and image of god which is against the dark forces so that separation is going to get more and more clear as time progresses towards the end in the middle of the book you know it lays out the history of how You know what he did with uh, his people and how he took care of them, generation after generation, and they how they all lived and understood God by faith. And through faith, you know they were considered righteous. Um, So from Abraham, you know at Moses' time they didn't have the Bible written down like we have. They had to trust God and they had to hear God directly communicating to them. And people believed God. The Israelites, those that did, they believed God, and through faith they were saved. And, you know, they were uh, redeemed to be righteous uh, saints. And the New Testament introduces Christ's birth and death and resurrection to conquer all sin and death. And that's the hope that we have now, is through Christ. And because he conquered sin and death, we have something to look forward to. So if you have faith, go get baptized. And through baptism and faith, you will have the Holy Spirit uh dwell in you to guide you and tell you the truth because all the truth that i know not only comes from the word of god but also comes from the holy spirit and that's the comforter and and the gift that you will have to reside in you as god himself to tell you the ways of of himself so i would urge you to look into this more Uh, i do have my own magazine and podcast online through my own website called savedandlove.com And then I can also be open to start a Bible study group. If you're interested and you want to learn more week by week, uh, you can email me at my email via usa.net. This will, once I get enough of you interested, I can uh, open up a Bible uh, study group weekly or monthly or however it works out. But the purpose is that I'm going to treat it like a book club where you will already have read the chapter or the book. Uh, individually, and then we can come together and discuss it because there's so much information. I could literally take years and years and years trying to explain things, uh, and it's very time-consuming to write it out and then try to explain it. Well, rather, it would be easier if you uh, read uh, the chapter ahead of time, and then we can talk about what that means and what how it relates to current events and what we're experiencing today individually. Um, Because everything that's already written about is still coming to life right now. And it's only you have to open your eyes and your ears to start to see things as it progresses. And so my purpose in doing this entire um, presentation was really to spread the gospel to our community who do not know God, who weren't taught the ways of God, but are following the world and following satanic kingdom to go what Satan wants you to uh, believe so you can be easily be misled and they you know the end times God talks about the unbelievers will be under a delusion, a deception that God will actually let them believe the lies that they believed all along. so the main thing to get out of this is that you, you you are already condemned and by being born again you are now become living and part of the living God to come out of the decaying dead that you're already in so, I want to spread the gospel to all of you who know nothing about God or perhaps know only a little bit what you've seen from the media which they're all lies unless you actually read the Bible yourself you will be easily misled into thinking that certain characteristics of God that isn't true Uh, there are many many movies that are made about Christianity like but it's all false stuff I mean there are even like the Da Vinci Code you know like famous movies that you probably already heard of uh, they're all twisting on themes that are biblically related. Da Vinci Code talked about how Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. And they had a child and so forth. So like a divinity line that came off of Christ. All that's false. Okay, Jesus, It's very clear that Jesus Christ did not marry anyone. He did not have any children. He wasn't having an affair with Mary Magdalene. He loved his disciples. He loved Mary Magdalene. But he loved them as brothers and sisters in Christ. He did not uh, have any relationships. He did not defile himself with sexually immoral things, and he was pure from beginning to end. So there are many things that are, you know, in the media that they're making it out to be a version of Christianity when it's not. The truth is in the Bible, and it will stay in the Bible. It will not be out there in what you hear in the world because Satan's in charge of this world, so he's only going to promote lies and tell you lies. And the time is short now. We're getting closer and closer to the end of time. As Bob has prophesied over 2000 years ago, and this covid is a mimic of the mark of the beast. And I urge you to read the book of Revelation which that talks about the mark of the beast. So in short, the mark of the beast is the Satan's mark where all humanity is going to require to take this mark to worship him and deny all your gods So even if you're Buddhist, Hinduism, whatever, You're going to be, if it happens in our lifetime, you're going to be required to deny all other gods but only worship Satan. And he's going to require that mark on your right hand or your forehead where no man can buy or sell without taking that mark. And if you take that mark, you are condemned forever. There's no hope for you. There's no redemption. It's straight to jail. There's no pass go. So there's no repentance after that. There's nothing. That'll be the end for all humans who take this mark. And I believe, it's that this part is not in the Bible, but I believe that since they're doing a lot of DNA manipulation, in the end there's going to be some sort of hybrid non-human uh, mark that it'll change your genetic makeup. That they're no longer redeemable because Christ died for us as humans. Christ did not die for transhumans or uh, de- de- genetically modified entities that is yet to come so he, you know all those once you transform yourself away from the image of god which is that's what it's all about then you know if, if you accept satan's image you no longer are redeemable you're no longer will be human and you will eventually you know the book of revelation talks about the judgment that's coming to all the wicked people and those who took the mark that are remaining after the great tribulation. So all the seven bowls, the the judgment, the seven trumpets of judgments and, um, and the seven vials, all are geared towards the judgments that the remaining people will experience where they're going to see the wrath of God being poured on them. And the whole book of Revelation talks about that in great length. So... You will be blessed if you were to at least read that. And, you know, I urge you to read the beginning and the end and then go back in the middle to fill in the blanks. Uh, But there's a lot of stuff, a lot of information in the Bible that even if you're an unbeliever, it will still benefit you to know so you can see whatever is happening in the world now. It all relates to what's talked about in the Bible. And there's no other book anywhere that does that. There's no, even whatever, you know, Ramayan or other things that people study of God, you know, whatever ways that they've been taught, none of that is will even come close to what the Bible is prophesying from beginning to the end. Like one of the examples is it talks about uh, Damascus, the city of Damascus, to become a ruinous heap. And guess what? Only recently has that started to be becoming fulfilled. Damascus will become a ruinous heap. So, there are so many other prophecies that, you know, once you really study this, it'll just amaze you and what to look forward to and start to understand, you know, what's to come. So, um, so I'm hoping, you know, in time that if this was helpful for you guys to understand and learn, that you guys will join me in our community and spread the gospel and the good news to everyone who's willing to listen. And, you know, we are like the first generation here and I would want Uh, the gospel to spread to all our community, and it's fine for those who do not want this. It's your free will to want to know more or reject it. Everyone's going to be given the same choice and the same free will to choose Jesus Christ or reject him. That's it, And but I'm only speaking to those that perhaps are open to learning about him, and, you know, if you do start to have faith that perhaps this is true, then, you know, you will be the one that are going to be now my brothers or sisters in Christ. You will be part of the body of Christ. So I'm hoping to reach out to all of you that are interested in learning more, and then possibly uh, you guys can email me to see if you want to come together on a regular basis to talk about the Bible and other things that you're interested in. Thanks for watching.